WBNE. Hello, and welcome to episode 112, All About the Hobbit, An Unexpected Journey, Part 4, being the 112th part of That's What I'm Talking About. My name is Mary Clay. If that's too complicated for you, just call me MC. And today I'm joined once again by Lauren, who runs the Lauren Does Cosplay accounts that you probably see all over TikTok and Instagram that are absolutely amazing. (laughs) Welcome back, Lauren. Hi, I'm glad to be back. And I'm very excited to talk about The Hobbit. I'm glad you're excited to talk about The Hobbit because I feel myself getting very bogged down in <laughs> some of the like negative emotions mm-hmm. of it. And I oh, keep, yeah. I'm trying to remind myself to be, even if they're not, you know, the greatest movies, mm-hmm. especially in comparison to Lord of the Rings, I'm trying yeah. to remind myself to be more positive. Yeah. I mean, I've always been a fan of the movies and like, while obviously being aware that they're not... They're certainly not the same tone, but they're not the same scale as The Lord of the Rings. Mm-hmm. But I also don't think they're trying to be. Like, I think The Hobbit is such a separate story and it's such a different feel that, like, when people compare it to The Lord of the Rings, it's like, well, it's not very, it's not that similar. Like, you can't just lump it into the same category yeah. because it's the same director or whatever. Like, The Hobbit was a children's book and it has a very lighthearted feel. And I think the movie very accurately delivers that that whole feel of just like, it's very lighthearted. There's songs, there's, it doesn't have the same stakes that The Lord of the Rings has. So I like that it's different, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Inter- it's interesting you say all that because as far as the books go, I totally agree with everything you said, but I feel like, yes, it is, it is totally true that The Hobbit, like the stakes are not the same. It's not on the same grand scheme mm-hmm. of things as Lord of the Rings, but I feel like Peter Jackson tried to make it have this. And that's why we have this mm. format. And they really elevate, like, especially this last part of the of the movie where they're really trying to, like, ramp it up. Mm-hmm. And it feels to me like he was like, we need to try and get it on the same level as Lord of the Rings in terms mm-hmm. of, like, the events that are happening. But you just can't do that. Yeah. And it falls short. So, what? well, I need to know, like, what is... Like, did you like this first Hobbit? Like, what yeah. are your thoughts on it? So it's kind of been the opposite of how I experienced the Lord of the Rings movies, where when I first watched those, I was like, yeah, those were good movies. I wasn't mm-hmm. totally blown away or anything, but I was like, yeah, those were good movies. Rude. <laughs> but and then the more, <laughs> well, okay, you also have to keep it by, I was watching them for the first time in 2020. Okay. And like, when they come out, and, when they came out in 2001, you know, 2000, 2001, 2002, whatever. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's very, di- it's a very different experience, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're still great. And then the more I watched them over my coverage, over the ensuing like five months, man, that thunder, I know. Oh, I, can, I could hear that one. You could hear that. It's mm-hmm. crazy. If I, <laughs> I hope I don't die <laughs> in this recording. It's me? a, what is it? What do they call it? A thunder battle. It's a thunder battle. <laughs> <laughs> that was a part of the movie I really liked, actually. Even okay. Though, you know that like that specific part wasn't in the book, uh-huh. but they like expanded. But anyway, yeah. what was I saying? Oh yeah. So the more I talked about the Lord of the Rings movies part by part and learned like the 
trivia and behind the scenes stuff, mm-hmm. I really enjoy, like came to appreciate them a lot more and enjoy them more. Mm-hmm. And The Hobbit, I did a marathon of all three in one weekend. Oh my gosh. And was like, <laughs> yeah, those weren't great. They uh-huh. weren't great, but yeah. they weren't necessarily bad. I also have uh-huh. a pretty low standard for movies, I think. Okay. In terms of like, like I enjoyed watching Crimes of Grindelwald. Oh, I liked that movie too. Like, was it absolutely bananas? Yes. yes. Did it make it any sense? No. <laughs> but I was entertained. I know. I feel like I was like one of the only people in the world that I didn't have a, pro- like, I watched it and I was like, okay, there's definitely some parts in there that were a little confusing, but like, I left and I was like, I liked it. I thought it was a good movie. And then everyone hated it. It's because when you, when you, and so that's kind of what's happening now with The Hobbit, where like when I'm going into the details and I'm looking, I'm taking a much closer look at it, I'm like, oh, this really isn't that great. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. (laughs) I'm like, why? Mostly it was um, particularly in, it'll be last week's episode, the part when they're in Rivendell and they're (laughs) in the, for some reason, they have to hide the mission from Mm -hmm. the elves. Yeah. I'm like, why would the elves care? Because in the book, Elrond (laughs) fully helps them and is like, good luck, you know, good, have fun storming the castle and everything. (laughs) And then in the movie, they're like, no, we have to be secret and hide and we have to like yeah. trick we have to like sneak out mm-hmm. and and then uh galadriel who's there for some reason it's like <laughs> we have to solve the riddle of the morgul blade and i'm like why what does that have to do with what the dwarves are doing they don't the two are not correlated like i don't understand so that kind of derailed some of it and i was saying on um we've been covering all three of the movies on bacon and eggs tyler and ethan's oh i saw you post about that yeah 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 and um i was saying in that one how whenever they cut to gandalf's side of the story in these movies i find myself not really caring and i Mm -hmm. think it's because like we already know what that story turns out to be and we Mm -hmm. already know how that is eventually resolved and so like anything that Gandalf is going to do in these movies regarding the necromancer and Mm -hmm. the ghost of the witch king for some reason whatever (laughs) none of that is going to help or do anything except prolong what happened what we know happens in Lord of the Rings so Mm -hmm. I find myself not really caring as much and then today as we're recording I got in hot water because apparently everyone (laughs) loves Radagast (laughs) I'm surprised that you had you have such like a disdain for him like I don't know where that's coming from so the way that I explained it is for anyone who has watched Gilmore Girls yeah I saw the story yeah yeah (laughs) Uh, there's a character named April who comes in and is uh, they find out this is Luke's like long lost daughter (laughs) and the like universally everyone hates April Mm -hmm. but I don't think necessarily people hate April, they hate what she, her character does to the plot in that Mm -hmm. Luke hides this from Lorelai and it eventually leads to them breaking up and like all this terrible stuff and it like derails Mm -hmm. a lot of like character development for Luke and anyway... Um, I think it's similar with Radagast, where I don't necessarily... Radagast, 
represents a lot of things of what I loved about Tom Bombadil and the mm. and when I was mm-hmm. reading Fellowship of like I love that like weird kookiness and yeah. like what is he doing? We don't really know. However, it totally derailed the movie for a good 10 minutes. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I feel like they just go a little bit too far and too long. And it's not just Radicus. They do this for a couple other things too where I'm just like, "Okay, we're going we're going with this thing a bit too long. I think we yeah. can cut it, you know." Well, like if you don't if you're saying you don't like the whole Morgul blade and like so, sort of all of that is set up to the fact that like Sauron is regaining power and that like Saruman is going to go to the dark side essentially and that like the, the evil forces of Middle-earth are gaining power again. So, yeah, Radagast is sort of that third party view who he's not really into anything that's like into any of the politics of middle earth but he's seeing you know the spiders coming into his home and like his little pets dying and he finds does he find the morgul blade no Candle. yeah he yeah no he they're, they're in that to, like tunnel thing he goes yeah. to dole dol Goldur. <laughs> i feel dol like i'm choking on my own tongue every time i say that <laughs> Um, and then they also say Gundabad a lot. Uh-huh. And I said that it sounds like either a German candy bar or a theme park or something, you know. Mount Gundabad. Ma- oh, okay. It's a mountain. Okay. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Oh, yeah. Anyway, so I guess listeners, yeah. I apologize. If you love Radagast, that's <laughs> great. The guest who I had on for that episode also did not enjoy Radagast. So I oh thought gosh. we were all in the same boat and I posted this meme <laughs> to find out we very much are not in the same no, boat. No, I was and- so surprised by that. I literally, uh, before this, I was... Asked my boyfriend, I was like, how do we feel about Radagast? And he's like, we love Radagast. I was like, I thought everyone loved Radagast. But I was telling him that you were like sort of a Radagast hater. Yeah, he's like, now our, fi- we're, our dog is named after Radagast. I was like, I know he is. And I thought, yeah, you sent me a picture. And I'm like, I'm sure that Radagast is delightful. And <laughs> Well, it's really mostly that he's brown. He's a very brown dog. So he's no, that's little... a great name. That's a and it's, great Well, name. it's his middle name. It's not even really relevant, but... <laughs> He's our little Radagast the Brown. Yeah, so um, it's not necessarily even that, like, oh, I hate Radagast. It's just, like, whenever he's on screen, I feel like I'm, I'm like, this part of the story I don't need to care about or pay attention to. Mm-hmm. Is that him yeah. right there? The, yeah, can you see him? Yeah, it's always, yeah, like, tough. <laughs> <laughs> and just the little boy. bit of his nose. Oh, yes. good boy. <laughs> yeah. We love good boys. Bilbo wakes up at the bottom of a cave as a mysterious beady-eyed gremlin thing drags off the body of a goblin, but he doesn't notice when something falls out of his pocket. Wait a minute, he's wearing a loincloth. How does he have a pocket? Bilbo sees that it's a ring, and really weird, it's cold to the touch and mysteriously heavy for something so small, and there's faint demonic whisperings, and an eerily familiar music theme comes in, but other than that, it appears to be a totally normal ring. Bilbo follows Gollum to his hideout at a lake, and when caught off guard, agrees to a game of riddles where if Bilbo wins, Gollum shows him the way out, and if he loses, Bilbo gets eaten. Seems fair enough. After lots of back and forth that leaves out the riddles from the book that are just really dumb, Bilbo tricks Gollum by asking, what's in my pocket? Gollum frantically thinks of all the things people normally carry in their pockets. Fish bones, knives, bat wings, goblin teeth, you know, the usual. After losing, Gollum realizes the ring is missing and is suddenly pretty sure what Bilbo has in his pocket. Back up in Goblin Town, Thorin is moments away from being killed when Gandalf appears to save the day with a burst of white light. Classic Gandalf. The dwarves and Gandalf escape the goblins in a very long chase scene that has them using tactics the likes of which Scooby-Doo has never seen. Bilbo is also running for his life from Gollum when he trips and the ring magic 
magically lands on his finger, turning him invisible. Never saw that coming. Eventually, Bilbo sees the company ahead of him, but Gollum is blocking the way. He pulls out his sword, preparing to kill him, but takes pity and lets him live. Gollum is furious and screams that he'll always hate Bilbo Baggins, who lives in Bag End of the Shire because Bilbo basically gave him all of his personal information. But it's just an empty threat, since Gollum lives deep in the caves of a goblin mountain and will never see him again. Escaping the mountain, Gandalf realizes that Bilbo is not with them and berates the dwarves for losing him. Doing what we would all do if we had rings that turned us invisible, Bilbo stops to listen to them talk about him before jumping out with a perfectly timed entrance. They all wonder how Bilbo escaped the goblins on his own, and Bilbo super suspiciously ignores the question altogether. But gosh darn it, wouldn't you know it, suddenly orcs and wargs appear, so there is no time anymore to wonder how a tiny hobbit with very little combat experience escaped a horde of goblins all by himself. The company climb into trees out of reach of the wargs, and Gandalf whispers to a butterfly, so we all know what's about to happen. They do a decent job of fending off the wargs until the trees domino into each other, and they're all stuck clinging onto the last tree dangling over the cliff. Thorin decides that enough is enough, and he stands up to face Azog himself, but immediately gets gobsmacked to the ground. It seems that this is the end for Thorin as an orc approaches to behead him, because Peter Jackson still needs one more decapitation before he can comfortably end this movie. But then Bilbo jumps in from out of nowhere and saves him, brandishing his tiny little sword with all his might. Of course, this is where I'm going to tell you that book Bilbo does none of these things, and that this battle was incredibly exaggerated for the movie, but hey, the book went out the window and Galadriel tucked a piece of Gandalf's hair behind his ear, a move which I still have no clue how to make sense of. The dwarves join in the attack and shockingly, giant majestic eagles swoop in to finish the battle and take our heroes to safety, where Gandalf heals Thorin because he can do that now, I guess. Thorin finally apologizes to Bilbo and thanks him, fully accepting him into their company. The group sees the lonely mountain off in the distance and feel encouraged to continue their journey, which surely can't get any worse. <laughs> so this part of the movie is... It's so, it's just so funny because th I think this part of the movie is the part that like everyone in hindsight, looking back at The Hobbit, this is what everyone looks at, you know, either the book or uh -huh. the movie. This is the scene where it's like, this is what it's all about. And this is where mm -hmm. it all started. Yeah. And it's only maybe 10 or 15 minutes. Uh-huh. I know. I was very excited that this is the, because when you originally reached out to me for the Hobbit read-along, I was like, can I do the Riddles, Riddles in the Dark in the chapter? Dark, yeah. And you were like, I've already got it booked. So I'm very, I'm so excited that I get to at least yeah, talk about it Well, and that's why I yeah, that's why I asked you to come on for this part because I knew you were excited about Riddles yes. in the Dark before. Oh, so yeah, I I think that whole scene is so it just chef's yes. kiss. I love it so exactly. much. Exactly. Oh, actually, you so you your general opinion then of the Hobbit movies is that you enjoy them and you're not absolutely hating on absolutely them. Absolutely not. You won't catch. I mean, like I definitely but like maybe have in a fun qualms. way. In a fun way, you might hate on it. Yeah, I mean, like I I think. They have a lot of issues, but yeah. when I think of it, it's just like, I just think they're fun. Yeah. It's Mar Marge Simpson with a potato. I just it, think they're neat. Yeah. <laughs> I just think they're a good fun time. And like, I don't know if people are just like thinking about them too critically. Like, I don't know. I just, to me, they're just fun little movies. And I, yeah. I don't relate them to the Lord of the Rings at all. And I think that allows me to think enjoy them a yes. lot more. <laughs> yeah, like, I find myself enjoying it a lot more when I separate it from Lord of the Rings and I also mm -hmm. separate it from the book. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like to me, those are all because like the Lord of the Rings books, that's a whole thing. The Lord of the Rings movies, kind of a totally different thing. The Hobbit book, it's its own thing. The movies are way more, way crazier, but I just can, I can very much compartmentalize all of them and enjoy them each for what they are yeah. and what they have to offer. 
Cool. Yeah, I'm just been trying to, you know, trying to survey what people are thinking about this trilogy because co- yeah. coming into it, I really thought pretty much everyone has a general dislike of them. Oh, yeah. They're bad movies and everything. Mm-hmm. And I think that's generally true. I, oh, but, absolutely. I know very few people that actually like them. But there's been, as I'm doing the coverage, I'm finding more and more, I get lots of messages or comments from people being like, and I think the the people who are submitting these messages are just kind of being stupid where they're like mm-hmm. people don't like these movies and I'm like you're mm-hmm. just living under a rock you don't <laughs> yeah. know that people don't like the Hobbit movies but there's a yeah. surprising amount of people who will send me messages or replies or something and say oh I really love like I genuinely mm-hmm. love the Hobbit movies they're yeah I, I love fun them. <laughs> and they're awesome and I absolutely adore them and I'm like oh okay so I guess there's a lot more people who like them than than I initially thought which is a good surprise that's a good yeah the, I'm know. happy to hear that because I'm yeah. like the only person in any room that's ever defending the Hobbit movies. But I wonder if it's a case sort of like um, the prequel trilogy where everyone hated them for a lot of years, like directly after they came out. And I wonder if it's been enough time now that people can just sort yeah. of enjoy them for what they are. And I not, think that might be like, happening. The, yeah. the, the hate craze that gets really densely packed around when something comes out. Cause like, so I saw them, they came out, the first one came out my yeah, freshman actually, year. Yeah, tell me, yeah, tell me about what was the first experience of you watching the movies? Did you go yeah. see them in theaters? Oh what, yeah, this what was were your what were your like thoughts and everything when you saw them in theaters? Oh my gosh, I, I I'm so I'm just so excited. Like looking at my wall right here, I've got a whole gallery wall, and I have all of my ticket stubs framed from when I saw the Hobbits in theaters. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, because because I never got to see the Lord of the Rings in theaters when they came yeah. out because I was too young. So it was like when the Hobbits were coming out, it was like, oh my God, I get to experience seeing, you know, a movie in this world in theater. So it yeah. was so exciting for me I because it was my freshman year of college. And I remember there was a website that had like a countdown to when the movie come, came out and I would like, I had it in like the top corner of my laptop <laughs> like a hundred days before it came out and I would just watch it roll by. So I saw it the first time. Yeah. My freshman year of college, which was 2012, I think is when it came out. Um, and I went to like the midnight premiere. Was that Thunder again? So, yeah. Oh my that gosh. That was like a good track of Thunder. <laughs> There's going to be lots of like, I'll release like a separate like ASMR soundtrack of like just the Thunder yes. for people to fall asleep to instead of my dumb voice. No. Yeah. So I went and saw, I like went to the midnight premiere, loved it. I think I they actually came out like on finals week and it was very much a time where I, I should say, not. Yeah. They been... were December, yeah. early December releases. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it was like the perfect time where I should not be out at midnight like going and see a, mo- a three hour long movie but I was there damn it yeah <laughs> and I did that for all three movies so like to me that was so special and in 2012 it's not like the internet didn't exist it obviously did but I wasn't like an internet person like yeah I, I mean when you think of the internet in 2012 it was like Instagram was brand new you know yeah. it was like Instagram, Instagram was, made, was not for, to the extent that it no, is no and, and it was just you know? something that you would take a picture of like I think I took a picture of like my ticket stub and it was like going to see a movie today <laughs> you know yeah. it's, it wasn't the internet just wasn't the way it is now so I had no idea people didn't like these movies like I just saw them all and there wasn't well, maybe there was, but I didn't like have Twitter. So there wasn't anywhere to just log on and see a barrage of people's yeah. thoughts. Like it was just like, I loved it. <laughs> I didn't have any problem. Well, I mean, I had problems with it, but you know, generally it was just like, I just got to live in my own enjoyment of those movies for 
a long time. And I remember one of my roommates had a, I think she was like a Tinder date that she brought over to our apartment. And it was after Desolation of Smog had came, come out. And obviously love it because <laughs> it's me. And I have all of my movies like underneath our TV. And I remember she brought this guy over and he was like, oh, someone here is a Lord of the Rings fan. And I was like, yeah, big time. And he said something to effect of Smog was so animated. And I was like, what? That's <laughs> like there's a lot of things in the movies that are not good CGI, but Smaug is, Smaug is one of the things that they did really, really yes. good job with. And so this guy said that, and I, I was like, "You need to get out of my apartment." <laughs> and he was like, "For real?" And I was like, "Yeah, you gotta go. We're not gonna vibe." <laughs> yeah, and he la- he wasn't even like my person that was over. It was my roommate's oh my <laughs> gender God, date, and I was like, you, "You need to leave." And wow. that was maybe the most dramatic thing I've ever done but I was like listen I'm doing you a favor if you're with some guy who thinks that Smaug is shittily animated of all the complaints to have about the movies Smaug being poorly animated is absolutely um, not the vibe (laughs) yeah it's like representative of like probably other issues yeah down the road you don't need this guy in your life I'm telling you (laughs) so don't judge me but maybe I I should do do like a twitter thread of like Jesus Christ. They're huge. So Maybe loud I should now. do like a Twitter thread of like red flags in men, but like <laughs> about Lord of the Rings. And it's yes. like if he only criticizes like the female characters. Mm-hmm. Or like if his favorite character is Boromir. I was going like to say, that's mine. That's my red flag. <laughs> Not that I don't love Boromir, but if that's your favorite if character. If someone says, that's what just shocks me and astounds me, is pe- out of all the characters, people are like, yeah. my favorite's Boromir. Like, that's <laughs> weird. Like, There's so many <laughs> other good characters. Why yeah. is your favorite Boromir? There's literally every other character is before. And I love Bormir. Don't get me wrong. I think he's a brilliant, morally gray character. But for him to be your favorite, that feels a little red flaggy. I don't yeah, know. yeah, exactly. <laughs> it could be some brainstorming, but I like the idea. Definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It'll, it'll, I'll work on it. I'll workshop it. Workshop <laughs> it. Um, yeah. So this part, um, this is the last part of Unexpected Journey, and this starts off with Riddles in the Dark. We mm-hmm. see Bilbo wake up. It's a miracle he survived that fall. Um, mm-hmm. And also that st- also Sting was like flopping around down the- and that he didn't like get impaled or something. Yeah, he, you know? he lands and Sting just like <laughs> impales him directly. And then the one ring over. was never found yeah. because it stayed in this tunnel forever. Yeah. We see this beady little creature in the shadows. Mm-hmm. And I like that when you first see Gollum, he looks very similar to how he looked in the prologue of Fellowship when it's just like his like silhouette and his like yes. blue beady eyes. In Moria? Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Back when Peter Jackson was like, I don't know how Gollum's going to look. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, we have got a rough idea. Yeah. Oh, and actually, that's also why you don't see Smaug in his full form in this <laughs> mm-hmm. movie because Peter Jackson yep. wasn't decided on he wasn't, his He look. wasn't done yet. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I thought here I was like in the first part, I complimented like, I really love the choice to not show Smaug mm-hmm. in his full form and kind of like keep it a secret for the next Jackson's movie. Jackson's like, good. Yeah, that's what I... Glad that's you like that artistic choice. <laughs> that's what I meant to do. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Gollum gets the this orc that... or No, these are goblins. I have to remind mm-hmm. myself. These are goblins. Mm-hmm. As he's in the process of dragging it away, some little trinket falls out of his pocket. Mm. 
Hmm, what could it be? What is it? Um, <laughs> and Gollum is Gollum drags the body away, and Bilbo gets up and reaches for the ring, mm-hmm. and that theme comes in, and it was like a. It was almost like a sigh of relief or something for me. Just hearing that score uh-huh. and the ring, I was just like, "Whoa!" Like this yeah. is, this We're is. We're back, it. baby. We're back. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. My only gripe with that scene is, you know, in uh, Fellowship, the prologue, we get that we see that moment of like Bilbo finding it. He's like, "Huh, a ring," and he's there's just like that part where he finds it, and I was really hoping that they would sort of recreate it, recreate that. Yeah, I was like, "Oh man, I really thought they were gonna do that." <laughs> I get it, but I was like, oh, "That would have really been that would have been cool. That would have yeah. been a cool choice if they had done that." And like mm-hmm. it really, but it, and it would have been like a fun Easter egg for like massive yeah. fans to be like, "That's mm-hmm. the exact like yeah. shot and everything." Yep, and so Bilbo's like, "Huh, weird." Puts him in his pocket. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> weird. I think it has a heartbeat, and it's like oddly <laughs> heavy. It's definitely calling to me in some way, but I'm chill with it. I'm yeah, whatever. <laughs> Puts it in his pocket, um, and then he follows to see either look for a way out or follow Gollum. There's some other moments in the ne- in like throughout this scene that I'll call out too, but the the CGI and everything for Gollum is still really good. So good. Have you watched like all the behind the scenes for the Hobbits? Um no, I haven't, but I do have all the behind the scenes for the Hobbit that I think I will at least watch some of it just because mm-hmm. like it's so interesting to hear about like I'm sure like the behind the scenes for that's on the DVDs won't go into it, but like I know there was a lot of money issues and Guillermo oh, del Toro touches on it. Yeah. yeah, left the project, and mm-hmm. um, there was like battles between the Tolkien estate and MGM yeah. and New Line Cinema mm-hmm. and like all these Ton things. Of drama. And so I just want like some insight into yeah. like which what you know happened. that's another reason I give these movies so much grace and why I'm so willing to look past the plethora of moments that are just sort of like ridiculous and unnecessary and stuff it's because I know how much drama and like complications there were behind the scenes of like Peter Jackson only wanted to make one movie and then the studios were like we need two and then he was like okay here's two movies and they were like you need to make it three three. yeah and so it's like I know that everything's in multiple parts now these days Mm -hmm. breaking dawn and yeah so it's like I know that so much of it was out of his control and so it's like is there a bunch of bullshit filler ridiculous nonsense in it yeah but like you either I guess put your bull nonsense in there or you don't get these movies made and you've wasted millions of dollars yeah I don't know so I'm just I'm willing to be forgiving because I know that there was all of that behind it but I was asking if you had seen behind the scenes because they do go there's like a really large segment of showing how they animated or like showing the process of reanimating Gollum and like Mm -hmm. showing how they did it the first time around and like they did really breakthrough technology to animate Gollum in the first round and then just how much they've um, developed those skills and learned new things over the 20 years that separate I guess not 20 years whatever like however long separated them and it's just like so cool to see how and they'll show like you know side by side 
And it's just how much better the new Gollum is, is incredibly impressive to me. Yeah. All that being said, what's just so crazy to me is that they can have Gollum look great and they can have Smaug look great. And then there are moments in these movies that I'm like, this looks like an animated film. So bad. And I'm like, how can you be on both ends of the spectrum of Mm -hmm. like, you have really, really great CGI and Mm -hmm. digital additions and digital characters. And then there are moments where I'm like, this is an animated movie. Looks horrible. Yeah. I know. Because the orcs in Lord of the Rings, they look real. They look like They're something really you well could, done. that could like... And they even went to the detail of they gave all of the orc extras and everything mm-hmm. um, licorice mouthwash mm-hmm. to swish around so that the insides of their mouths would be black. Mm-hmm. But anyway, yeah, Gollum looks great. Mm-hmm. And so Bilbo follows him and he's like on his little island and then he kills the goblin and mm-hmm. then for whatever reason they made the choice to have sting flicker out like a fluorescent light bulb <laughs> um yeah and so uh that's how you know that the and that's also bilbo's does sting only glow when like orcs and goblins are nearby or when mm-hmm. enemies are nearby I think it's specifically orcs and goblins. Okay, I was going to say, because if it's just general enemies, that's also Bilbo's note that, like, Gollum isn't actually a Mm. danger to him because Sting isn't glowing. But if it's just goblins and orcs, then I guess that doesn't totally apply. I think there's a line in Lord of the Rings where someone says, like, it glows blue when orcs are. That's what's funny is when I was reading Lord of the Rings, I totally, I either glossed over it or they didn't mention it or whatever. All of a sudden, it's like Frodo's sword was glowing blue, which meant orcs was nearby. And I'm like, Mm. when? You're like, hang on. (laughs) Rewind. That's kind of (laughs) crazy. I know. And you would think that if there's this like elf magic it's like why wouldn't every sword do sword that? do that that's awfully like, convenient that seems, that like, seems why like does... a nice little thing to have in your yeah why does Gandalf <laughs> and and Thorin swords not do that yeah. yeah like that's a great feature maybe it's we should all, install that into all of our the weapons same people like just put that's a great feature to have <laughs> yeah also like how did Gandalf know that Bilbo's sword would glow blue like he tells him when he gives him sting, yeah, he's know. like, "It will glow blue when uh, orcs and maybe, goblins maybe are nearby." Maybe it's something. It's like how did Gandalf know that that sword specifically would do it? I don't know. Yeah, because it's not even named when. No, it's just as uh, someone Bilbo says, it's names more like it, a letter it, opener. Yeah, yeah, Bilbo names it when mm-hmm. he's in the the forest with the spiders in Mirkwood. Yeah. So yeah, maybe it's like there's runes on Sting. So, but the runes aren't put on until after the Hobbit. So I don't know. I don't know. Knows, <laughs> that is maybe a little bit of the flaw in the story. I don't there. know. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it's okay. I'm sure someone out there is gonna tell me the exact reason they're gonna cite it to a paper. Which <laughs> the Silmarillion. It's fine no to an extent. This is what's like not so fun about Tolkien is that like. You can't, there's no room to be like, oh, I wonder, and just have like playful yeah. imagination no. about like, I wonder why, <laughs> because someone will come out of the woodworks and be like, actually, in Tolkien's, in the footnote on yep. Tolkien's letter to his mother's brother's <laughs> grandfather's second cousin. Yep. <laughs> You're like, okay, can we just like have some fun here? Does yeah. it all have to be a scholarly research paper? Yeah, exactly, no. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> As Bilbo is kind of watching Gollum and wondering, we see Gollum 
swimming over on his boat. I love that. He's in so the, creepy. In the book, it mentions that he's paddling with his feet, which Ooh. was extra creepy. And I'm kind <laughs> of glad that they didn't make that decision. For He's just like, he would have been like a little paddle boat. Like. Yeah. He's just like, with like all of his extremities. And yeah. it's like very that gross. Bilbo's looking around and he's like, oh crap, where did he go? And then they do a shot where they, you know, like pull around and wow. Gollum is up. Uh, above him and you again see those beady eyes yeah and then he jumps down and he has smeagol eyes very reminiscent to how he is officially introduced in two towers when he jumps he attacks frodo and sam he's like up on that rock precipice and he like jumps down on him yeah that's a great point yeah yeah the smeagol eyes i love his smeagol eyes they do such a good job of like when he's smeagol he's the cutest thing Ever. I think he's adorable. And then it'll just be a blink and it's like, oh, he's so scary. <laughs> like he gets, it's such a good, the way they animate his eyes is just yeah. brilliant. Mm-hmm. And how they show that like that dichotomy is happening, you know, mm-hmm. now in the, like it's happening now in The Hobbit. It happens later on mm-hmm. uh, with Lord of the Rings of like, there's several points where. Gollum will say something and then Smeagol will say something to Gollum and Bilbo's mm-hmm. like who are you like what did you say like I didn't say anything yeah and then they're like we wasn't talking to you yeah, <laughs> yeah. well and I think it's interesting that he is I think he is more Smeagol in The Hobbit because it's before he's been tortured for information you know he's yeah he's very he's much, much more Smeagol here he's yeah. very much I mean and he definitely his Gollum comes out but it's almost more in a like animalistic way like mm-hmm. like it's, it's fully because, in response to the ring yes or or to just like killing the goblin or to wanting to kill bilbo just for him like being in his space but in lord of the rings he's Gollum way more of the time and in a much in a much more like evil way Mm -hmm. like Gollum is the one that that has control of the brain and is making strategic moves to to get something him alive yeah whereas when he's Gollum in the Hobbit it's sort of just because he's like gotta kill a goblin for food (laughs) it's like a very different shift yeah Mm -hmm. Mm mm-hmm Smeagol is like, who are you? What are you doing here? And Bilbo gives him his like full information. <laughs> and Bilbo Baggins of the Shire. You want my security? Social security number two? Literally. <laughs> Lauren, I literally wrote that in my notes. <laughs> I wrote, might as well give him your social security. <laughs> oh my God. Hobbit <laughs> social um, security. <laughs> yeah, and I'm just like, oh, Bilbo. Oh, precious Bilbo. Oh my God. And Bilbo is very nervously, like very unconfidently, like holding out his sword and is like, I'm going to kill it, like, you. <laughs> with his straight arms. As it's shaking. And Martin Freeman does um, this excellent perform. I mean, not that he yes. isn't in the entire trilogy, but like mm-hmm. especially in the scene. But like he's doing such a good job of conveying that like he's trying to be assertive and he's trying mm-hmm. to be threatening. But Bilbo has never been assertive or threatening in his life Mm -hmm. and he does not know what he's doing but he does such a good job of conveying like all of that at once yes fun fact that was the first scene they filmed for the movies yes 
And actually, I'm glad you brought that up, Lauren. <laughs> you think I don't know the fun facts? I know the fun facts. <laughs> um, this sequence was filmed in complete takes mm-hmm. with the actors performing the entire scene from beginning to end like a stage play over the course of two weeks. Mm-hmm. And then, yes, this was at the beginning of production. And so Peter Jackson also felt that that would help Martin Freeman kind of settle Find more. Bilbo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I kind of wish that they had been able to pull off filming like you as you watch it it's all maybe like when they get into the actual riddle game mm-hmm. doing it in one complete single take, take. That yeah because cool, when sure. you see um when you ever you see people pulling that off it's so amazing so it's yeah. so impressive and it um, always adds so much like when you're watching a single shot take and you're like when you have that realization like has this all been in one take? Yeah. And you realize it's been like five minutes and you're like, oh my That's God, that makes it so, so much good. better. <laughs> yeah, it's so impressive. Yeah, yeah. Since they filmed it in multiple, like, mm-hmm. you know, they filmed it multiple times in one take. So it would have been really yeah. cool if they worked out like the movements of the cameras too. Mm-hmm. But I mean, it's still a really good scene no matter what. <sighs> so good. Yeah. Bilba's like, what game are you playing at? And Smeagol says, you know, games. We love games. <laughs> uh-huh. And Bilba's like, uh, okay. <laughs> roll with it roll with it Bilbo <laughs> right off the bat he goes into asking him a riddle and Bilbo's like a mountain or whatever mm-hmm. and Bill and Smeagol is so happy and excited Bilbo's like okay I'll strike you a deal mm-hmm. we'll play a game and if I win if you can't answer one of my riddles you'll show me the way out and Smeagol's like okay and if you can't answer my riddle we will eat you mm-hmm. and I love this there's this little moment where Bilbo he like pauses and like kind of like yeah yeah exactly he like considers he like weighs his options he's like okay fair enough like that's probably my best uh probably my best best deal i'm gonna strike here yeah (laughs) um and again like such a like subtle acting moment from from martin freeman and how he like pulls those moments off is so good he's so brilliant i know we like just touched on that but he is no we're gonna talk about multiple more times good (laughs) because like the hobbits are good solely because martin freeman is an if absolute they didn't icon have martin freeman i don't think it would wouldn't be. have held up no 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 no, no, no. Yeah, like they he's... already don't hold up well enough as it is <laughs> but he puts that those that whole trilogy is on his back he's carrying it <laughs> yeah. carrying it on his back much like sam carried frodo up mountain Doom. exactly the same <laughs> Uh, and so they go back and forth answering some riddles. I don't think they they don't they definitely don't go through all of the riddles from the book. No, they leave out because I know yeah. that there's one riddle in particular that I was really mad about, and I was like, "That's not a riddle." <laughs> that's in the that's in the book. Yeah, it's in the book, oh. and it's like it's something about like a yellow eye in oh. like a sea of green, and it's and the answer is like a daisy in a field uh, in the sunshine, and I'm like, uh, that's not I'm... a riddle. <laughs> that's all confusing in every direction. There's no way anyone could figure that out. <laughs> <laughs> I actually love the riddles in the dark. That whole segment so much. I have a watch with a custom engraving on the inside like the back of the face of it that has the the time riddle time riddle engraved into it and that's a that's a fun moment how he gets how bilbo gets that riddle because Gollum's like time's up and then he gives him the answer yep answer's time (laughs) i'm a genius (laughs) gives him the answer and then and then he goes like and then he's like "Eh, that wasn't that hard yeah (laughs) it's like okay yeah you were about to get killed so (laughs) um and then of course comes the you know iconic like 
go ahead, ask me a question. And Bilba goes, what have I got in my pocket? What have I got in my pocket? I would say Gollum kind of comes in here too, like Gollum yes. Smeagol. Um, throw a tantrum and they're like, that's not, not fair. fair. <laughs> ask another one. He's like, no, you said mm-hmm. ask a question. Ask me a question. Gollum, ha- you know, he gets three guesses and it's so funny in in the book, Gollum is talking out loud. He's like, "What would I have in my pockets?" Mm-hmm. And it's like fish, bones, fish heads, rocks, bones, knives. <laughs> and it's like, "What?" I'm like, Gollum, do you even have pockets? <laughs> like, <what?" laughs> he's got a loincloth. He might have a pocket. Sammy. Yeah, <laughs> you don't know what he does in his free time. He's probably sewing pockets into his sewing some pocket. Yeah, he just has. Well, a whole to, bunch he of must. Somewhere. I think he must because he's not wearing the ring all the time. So he probably yeah, he has a little. Well, that's, in the shot where pocket. it comes out of it comes out of his loincloth. So I bet it was in his little. There is a little pocket. tiny pocket in there somewhere. Yeah. 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 What what has it got in its nasty little pockets is is one of my favorite moments of the riddles in yeah. the dark, where he just like is just he realizes what's happened and yeah, he just he realizes that he has lo- he doesn't have the ring on him anymore. Mm-hmm. And he freaks out and he starts looking around and then he yeah he says and yeah. why like what would be in his pocket that would make him ask that question like just and when Bilba's he like <laughs> has that realization moment is just so good yeah what have I done? <laughs> um yeah that's just all around excellent scene um much mm-hmm. like the i would say the beginning maybe like 30 minutes of the movie and then also like this part of the movie are mm-hmm. real highlights where they yes. really nailed this yeah um and did it so well and and maybe it's because it really highlights martin freeman's acting there mm-hmm. and everything in the shire and the riddles in the dark are just yes. like this oh, exactly. is martin freeman being incredible exactly so yeah. enjoy and, I also, the- <laughs> and i also think with riddles in the dark they knew that they had to nail it mm-hmm. because what happens in this scene is the reason that everything in lord of the rings happens mm-hmm. and so they're like we got to get this right <laughs> yeah the, yeah because that's the only time that Gollum is in the movie so it's like not only is this a callback character but it's like the defining scene that sets this entire story and that's in just what like there would be a few moments watching the scene where i just sit back and i'm like I can't believe, like, this is the moment where, like, it all starts. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, mm-hmm. like, watching the movies, the movies have already had, like, those things, have it's already all happened, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. in our in our lives. The movies have already yeah. come out. We already know the story and everything. But, like, just thinking back to, like, Tolkien sitting down and writing The Hobbit, like, this mm-hmm. is where it, like, started and turned into yeah. something unlike anything anyone had ever done. I'm sure you know this, but uh, the if anyone doesn't, the original version of The Hobbit that Tolkien wrote, Gollum was a, a lot more of like a fun, jokey kind of character. And there is the Riddles in the Dark chapter, but it's very lighthearted because he didn't ever think that he, this was yeah. like before Lord of the Rings was even in his head. So when he yeah. realized that he was going to write Lord of the Rings, he went back and rewrote the that Riddles in the Dark chapter to make Gollum much more sinister, which obviously leads into how we know him in Lord of the Rings. But yeah, yeah. And I still really need to find a ver- like a version, not necessarily even like oh a hard copy because I'm sure that's hard to yeah. find. Like yeah, that's probably impossible. Like I just want to, I just want to like read what the original, mm-hmm. how the what happened in the original scene. Yeah, me too. I've never read it. Yeah, because when I read um, Lord of the Rings, I thought I had a different impression of what happened based off of what he talks about happened with Bilbo and Gollum. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, and I was, and it definitely sounds more like Bilbo tricked Gollum into giving him the ring or mm-hmm. winning the ring somehow. 
But what actually, ha- you know, what happened in the book is that he found it in a tunnel and picked mm-hmm. it up. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I'm interested to see. I'll have to, like, figure Yeah, I need to figure out how to, if there is a way or if there's, like, a copy online of, like, yeah, just that Yeah, if you find scene, it, send or, it to me. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure there's someone out there who will know. Oh, for sure. Where Don, Don, He's our yeah, resident. Definitely. Know, knows everything. <laughs> he probably has definitely. a copy of it. He has a copy of it, for like, sure. Can you take some pictures and send those yeah. all <laughs> Like a Google um, Doc. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Share it with us, please. <laughs> and yeah, so then they go on a chase and Bilbo runs away from Gollum. And then he, I love this part where he's trying to get through a crack. Mm-hmm. And this is a detail from the book that his buttons, buttons pop off. Yeah. And it's like <laughs> such a big, it's such a big deal for Bilbo. He's like, uh-huh. he even lost his buttons. Yeah. <laughs> like, what, Which like, he probably like handcrafted. Yeah. And like, or, you know. forget about like, oh, we were like, like kidnapped by goblins we're in this <laughs> tunnel i'm i've been like separated and lost from my friends like uh-huh. i'm all alone and my buttons fell His off buttons popped off it's yeah. tragedy <laughs> um i love that they kept that specific detail in mm-hmm. and then he trips and falls and I understand that they were trying to recreate the moment of uh, the ring falling on Frodo's finger <laughs> in the Prancing Pony. Yeah. But here it looks really cheesy and it looks really fake. It sort of like goes too slow. It's like the whole scene isn't in slow motion, but the ring, but the has ring like is a in strange, slow motion. Yeah. yeah, it has a strange And then like his fingers very much look animated. Like- <laughs> yeah. And then like the you're exactly right that like the ring itself looks like it's in slow because it falls really slow onto his feet. It sort of like wobbles onto it. It it does look a little strange. Yeah, it's a little about. yeah. I'm like, I think we could have maybe dialed that back a bit and we would have under <laughs> like we would have understood what you yeah, were. Yeah, we for. we're all we here it. because we we like this world. We get it. We've seen the we've yeah. seen Fellowship of the Ring. <laughs> we understand the reference Peter yeah. Max and you don't have to like spoon feed it to us. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. But I love next we get that the scene of what again another callback of Gandalf telling Frodo you know it it was pity that stayed Bilbo's hand that's the next thing that happens right because he's invisible and he he goes to kill Uh, that doesn't happen until later because then we go back to to the dwarves yeah we go back and check in on um I think it let me see hang on let me see I might be getting ahead of myself um we might have already cut back to the it's happening in that little chase sequence like yeah it's all kind of chasing bilbo and then cutting back yeah i i think it it might be later on but like we do see when bilbo goes into like ring mode Mm -hmm. and he turns invisible they give it that same haze that they do Mm -hmm. with the original trilogy and i appreciated that little detail that like now that everyone creating the hobbit movies has the hindsight of knowing that like hey this ring is evil they're Mm -hmm. dropping in those hints of like Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. what it becomes yeah and so yeah so we do cut we go back to the dwarves who are being like beaten and knocked around by the goblins and the goblins are the goblin king is singing a song down, down, down to goblin town yeah and down, i appreciate down, down. that like <laughs> the goblin king is a little bit quirky and silly because oh, yeah. in the book the goblins are singing a song while they're like <laughs> carrying the dwarves away yeah because it's a children's book it's mm-hmm. a kids book and so it's a so Tolkien like added in that part to be like it's you know they're in trouble these are bad guys but like it's not really that bad it's sort of fun capture <laughs> yeah like this yeah. is the fun 
fun. These it's are like the we're fun singing about killing and torturing you, but I'm not that worried about it's it. It's not you know actually. Yeah, we're not worried about the situation. <laughs> like, at can all. you imagine Thorin getting like the book ends with Thorin getting skinned alive by the Goblin, the Goblin King? King? It's like, yeah. well, we know that's, that's not gonna, gonna happen. Yeah, I'm not that worried. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> if you ever end up watching the extended editions of all the Hobbit movies, mm-hmm. that scene is extended. You get more of the the Goblin King song, which is fun. Oh right. Well, and I I liked I liked his character. Mm-hmm. Um, he was fun. The voice actors really. It's the same voice actor. As who, oh no, I was gonna say he voices Bru- he voices Bruce the shark in Finding Nemo. Oh, is it? Yeah. Oh yeah. my gosh, it um, is. Then the the goblins pull out. Orcrist mm-hmm. Thorin sword and they're all like oh my god because it's killed the blade that sliced a thousand necks yeah <laughs> it's killed a bunch of a bunch of their people the uh, in past cleaver. battles and stuff yeah they're like go ahead kill him <laughs> and right as they're about to kill Thorin look who it is it's Gandalf it's with Gandalf. another it's your boy uh, here, here comes, comes the, the boy, boy. <laughs> Hello, boy. Um, Welcome. It's Gandalf, uh, yet again, (laughs) making a dramatic entrance, saving the the day at the last minute with a beam of bright light. (laughs) A power move. What what else can you say? It's a power move. He's got it on lock. It's his specialty. It's his specialty. <laughs> by the time he does, by the time he pulls it off for Helm, it doesn't. In the movie, they don't really do that, but it, that's how he shows up at Helm's Deep in the book. Is all of a sudden they look off in the distance and there's this like burst of bright light, and it was Gandalf uh, doing it. No, no, no. That's that's how Helm's Deep ends. But he, I don't think he does no, it with a. Bro- I don't. Helena he feels. just he and Aomer just roll up, and they're like, by the light of no, first there's day. the light. There's the light. First light there? of the fifth day. Or is that just the, I, I, is it just the no, rising no, no. sun? That's, no, 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 no. He's, he's got a light from his step. Oh, no. Or is the light from his step when he's fighting outside See, of the the point is, is that he does it so often. <laughs> we can't yeah, it's like it could really it. be at any point. <laughs> he does it so often. And we'll see another, we'll see another classic Gandalf move towards the end of the, of we this will. part. I, I have to look at now. Gandalf. Okay. Oh, I'm looking at Let images. See. Here, see. I've got it. I've got it might it. just be the light behind him. You're right. I'm not sure if he has the... Oh, no. There's a bright light. There's, okay, 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 okay. There's some dramatic lighting for sure. Yeah. Gandalf does not do anything casually. No. It's always He's coming dramatic. in with a burst of light always. Every and we time. love him for it. Every time. Even when he's just like <laughs> walking into the prancing pony. It's like, yeah, it's oh, like I guess Whoa. Gandalf's here. Great. <laughs> and yeah, so Gandalf comes in and saves the day. Then he's like, Take up arms, fight, fight. Yes. And then we get an, an iconic chase scene. Yeah, I Truly. really So he, here's I'll yeah, it's it's a really fun battle sequence. Yeah. There's definitely a lot of parts where I'm like, that's very clearly CGI'd. Yeah. Like it's ridiculous. No one is debating that. It's yeah, an I'm absurd like, chase scene, but it's so fun. Some parts of it look good. Some parts I'm like, oh, that that was this is an animated movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but they do a really good job of putting in all these like different inventive ways of them killing the goblins. Yeah. One of them has this like giant staff that they use to like sweep the goblins uh-huh. off the sides. Keely at one point is like hitting the arrows away with his sword and then they like <laughs> grab a ladder. Yes. And then they like use the ladder to climb across a gap. Mm-hmm. So there's lots of oh and then we also get a Wilhelm scream in this battle. Yep. <laughs> 
I, a classic as well. Which always like jar- because like it's something that like today most people know what the Wilhelm scream mm-hmm. is. I'll insert it here, listeners, if you don't know what it is. <gasps> but like most people know that like this is like a little it, Easter. If you egg. don't know what it is when you hear it, you'll know. You know what it is. It is. Yeah. <laughs> you've heard, you've heard and it a million it's times. one of those things that you don't know you've heard a million times mm-hmm. until you know it. Until mm-hmm. you, that you know you've heard it a million times. Yep. It's like whenever it pops up, and it pops up like a million times in the it's original a, it's trilogies. In so many movies. It's Peter insane. Jackson. Peter Jackson was like, and again, no like, one will notice. We've, we've put it in three times already. <laughs> yeah. Do it again. I, I think about like the Wilhelm scream, and then there's I don't think it has a name, but there's like a child's laugh that is used in a lot of movies, and I think of it specifically because it's in the prequels. It's it, it's in. Um, phantom menace and they use it twice in the same scene i'm like bro you can't just use that that kid laughing the same way twice it's called diddy laugh i would have to hear it but if it's what i'm thinking of it's it's a part in phantom menace where anakin is working on his um what's the Oh, that vehicle. I'm not going to be able to help you out because oh, I'm sure. not What's it Star called? Wars. <gasps> oh, my gosh. I know. I know. I'm aware. Well, that's what you should do next. What are you doing? <laughs> I'm aware. I'm aware. <laughs> Looking for ideas. You need to just dive into the Star Wars movies until you get to the Lord of the Rings show coming out. Oh, this is a six-minute video. I thought it said oh, six no, seconds. No, Never no. mind. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, you need to watch the Star Wars movies. And if you need a guest, I'm a big fan of the prequels. So okay. Good to know. Good to know. <laughs> Yeah, so this is a very fun battle sequence until all of a sudden I'm like, this has been going on for a while. It does last a while. (laughs) Especially when you consider this isn't even the battle for like the climactic part of the movie. It's sort of just like the fun chase sequence. Yeah. And like at one point, yeah, at one point there's a boulder, like Indiana Jones style and everything. And like, again, it's all fun, but like you're just adding to the runtime and you get kind of, you get like battle exhaustion Mm -hmm. from watching it where I'm like, okay, we've been doing this for a while. Yeah. It's been, we could, we could have cut this five minutes ago. Yeah. (laughs) Um. And then we get this kind of silly standoff between Gandalf and the Goblin King. And he's like, what are you going to do? And then he pokes him in the eye with his staff yeah. and then um, slices, slices him. That'll do it. Which, according to Peter Jackson, the Goblin Town sequence was initially imagined as a lot more gory, especially concerning the disembowelment of the Goblin King. Mm-hmm. But the PG-13 rating nulled those plans. That, uh, yeah, that yeah. sounds right. Yeah, yeah. If he was supposed um, to be like disemboweled. Another tangent. <laughs> no, I'm not going to call is it, it about, Is it about Side all quest. the decapitations in this movie? <laughs> well, no, but I think we can all agree. Like, I don't think any of the Hobbit movies or the Lord of the Rings are particularly like gory. There's obviously a lot of violence, but there's not a lot yeah. of like blood or like graphic kills or anything it's not overly it's not like i haven't even watched game of thrones but i feel like game of thrones was like that where it's like we're violent and we're in your face about (laughs) game of thrones is like the same level of violence but has like incredibly graphic kills where lord of the rings i mean you barely even see like blood on people but you know there's like sudden in this none. movie they just do like a million decapitations well what i was gonna say is if again if you ever watch the extended editions the battle of the five armies extended edition oh, no. is wild it is so much more graphic than like 
any other movie. I remember the first Yikes. time <laughs> there's like a whole it's it's sort of similar actually. Well, because Battle of the Five Armies has that sort of similar like chasey sequence part. I don't I don't necessarily remember. I haven't okay. uh, it's been a few weeks since I've watched okay. that. <laughs> well, there's sort of like a, a chase-esque yeah. sequence. And it, but it's like really expanded upon in the extended edition. And they are showing like blood splatter and like I just remember the first time I watched it, I was like, they went hard on the blood graphics on this one, which was so jarring because like yeah. none of the other movies have that. So if you ever get a chance to watch that, it is a wild ride. I'm sure I will watch the extended editions just to see what they're like. I'm just not sure I will cover them. Oh, yeah. I don't think you would need to cover them. I might be eating my words three months from now <laughs> where it's like, surprise. <laughs> Guess what we watched? <laughs> extended editions. We're back. Where were we? Oh yeah, this very gratuitous yeah chase mm-hmm. battle sequence. The, 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 the uh, what was this yeah, Oh yeah, oh, yeah that's right. King. They kill yeah, so they kill the Goblin King. Um, that'll do it. Yeah, that'll do it. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and then the platform that they're on breaks and falls, and they all land in a heap. And then Bofur goes. Well, that could have been worse. It's a very funny comedic moment and I called it out because in the previous section of the movie I finally was because I still only I'm having so much trouble figuring out who what dwarves or who I'm like I know Keely and Feely I know uh-huh. Thorin I know Bomber uh-huh. Uh-huh. and then I was like okay and then there's this one dwarf who he makes all these like funny asides and he's uh-huh. always the one to be like where did Bilbo go and I'm like who what is the name of this dude oh uh Bofur yeah the one with the, one with the hat. hat yeah I was yep. just calling him floppy hat dwarf <laughs> and um Gandalf is like this way we have to go because there's a horde of goblins coming like an forward. avalanche yeah of- <laughs> truly <laughs> terrifying uh we go back to see what Bilbo is up to and he's in the like side of a of a cave and he sees the group run past him but he's invisible um, and Gollum has mm-hmm. like ducked back into the little crevice to hide from them. Mm-hmm. And then this is the moment where he he pulls out his sword and he is like, I'm going to kill him. Mm-hmm. And then there's a lot of like just watching Gollum think like th- seeing like the way that he thinks and like they're really getting you to like sympathize and feel bad for Gollum and really showing Bilbo pitying him and being like yeah well because they show him with his Smeagol eyes and he looks scared like he's yeah, he's scared, scared that he scared. lost the ring. He's scared he's there's sad. like all he's this. Alone. Yeah. yeah. And he he's just he he has that look of just like knowing that he's lost the ring and he's like yeah. truly devastated. And yeah. you can see it in his eyes and you see Bilbo seeing realizing him. that. Yeah. 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 And then he puts down his sword. And again, you know, this is going back to what Gandalf told him mm-hmm. earlier in the movie of like it takes far more courage to spare a life than mm-hmm. to take one. And it this, was pity that stayed Bilbo's hand. Yeah. And this goes um into yeah fellowship of the ring and mm-hmm. Frodo's like I wish he had killed Gollum and been done with it and mm-hmm. Gandalf is like no you don't understand that was like a very um important like courageous act that Bilbo mm-hmm. did because it would be so easy to like you're invisible Slice. and you kill your enemy but it's like sort of a 
it's a little bit of a cheap shot, even though like maybe it is would have been the right thing to do, knowing like don't know. how yeah. detrimental <laughs> Gollum is. But Gollum also helps Frodo and Sam get to I know. Could they have gotten into Mordor? I, I don't I, think you know, so. I don't know. I don't yeah. think Sam, Sam and Frodo, man. No, well, you think they're gonna get through the dead marshes by themselves? Are you kidding oh my me? God, no, no. <laughs> um so he spares uh spares Gollum and then goes to take a a, a leap over him and like knocks him in the head mm-hmm. as he's jumping over him to get to the the exit and then that like freshly reminds Gollum and I wonder if you know him revealing Bilbo's the like, the ring's location and fellowship like I wondered if that like all that hatred would have happened if he hadn't like because he had already like he had gotten like sad and depressed about the mm-hmm. ring being lost mm-hmm. but him realizing that Bilbo was right there with was the there. ring and has yeah. gotten away like reignited all of that anger and so I wonder like would he have been mad about it yeah had it Baggins, not been for that moment we hate you know? it forever mm-hmm. yeah and he's yeah he keeps saying Baggins thief mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. uh I think that's what or maybe he says Baggins Shire or something like that but like mm-hmm. that's what he's screaming out when he's mm-hmm. like captured by orcs or writers or something i don't yeah. know <laughs> Shia yeah 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 <laughs> and yeah and so that's by Gollum. that's his end scene. 60 years yeah. <laughs> and i believe i didn't write down this fact but yeah andy circus only you know he obviously didn't have too long of a time filming because it was just this mm-hmm. one scene but he did stay on and served as like um, second director yeah yeah mm-hmm. director mm-hmm. everyone's running away down the mountain and they get they stop and uh, Gandalf does a head count and he's like wait a minute where's Bilbo and they're all like what we lost and he's like you lost your burglar Are you <laughs> they've only just noticed <laughs> I love this like mom energy from Gandalf being like you left your brother at the park <laughs> like did you not realize yeah. <laughs> and uh, you know, Bilbo's there, he's listening, he still has the ring on, so he's mm-hmm. invisible. So he can hear them being like Thorin's like he saw his chance because one of the door again, either Ori, Nori, Dory, Oin, or Gloin says it's <laughs> 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 like I saw him duck away. Uh-huh. Um and Thorin's like he took his chance to escape to leave us and mm-hmm. abandoned us and he left. And mm-hmm. he's like, Good riddance, I knew he was worthless, blah blah blah. Yeah. And then Bilbo is like, I'm right here. Hey, mm-hmm. I've been listening to you talk Shire about me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, what's interesting is that whole scene is set in motion because it's when they're in that cave after the thunder battle and Bilbo is trying to leave. Like he's yeah. trying to like get out of Dodge and Bofer, you know, is the one that is like wakes up and sees him. So yeah. it's like, well, in a way he kind of was trying yeah, to leave. Yeah, he was trying to leave. Yeah, exactly. A lot happened in that time time span and i think he realizes he's he's on a mission and he's gonna see it through and i liked this this is a an addition from the book where they give bilbo this motivation because they're like why are you why are you here and he says Mm -hmm. i want to help you and this comes from that conversation he had Mm -hmm. with bofer where he's like you got he's like i have a home i have a place i belong you guys Mm -hmm. don't you're i'm not used to this you guys are and in that conversation he like sees the sadness and pain in bofer Mm -hmm. and now he's telling the dwarves like I want to help you find your home and reclaim it because Mm -hmm. I have a home and I know how important that is to me and you all deserve a home too and so Mm -hmm. I like that they added this and added this like extra motivation for Bilbo in the movie Mm -hmm. because reading the book there were multiple times where I'm like Bilbo go home like cut your losses what is he doing here (laughs) yeah they're so mean to you yeah for real (laughs) 
Like, just go home already, buddy. Mm-hmm. Instead, yeah, they give him this very sweet, heartfelt motivation to to help them out. Yeah, I like that moment a lot. And then they also ask him, they're like, how did you escape from the goblins? And he's like, yeah. <laughs> Crazy, <I don't> right? <laughs> <laughs> really and, and Thrawn's like, no, wait. Actually, what happened? Yeah. And Gandalf's like, oh, what does it matter? <laughs> and Gandalf definitely, he doesn't. He doesn't know? I don't think he necessarily knows, like, oh, Bilbo found the one ring. Yeah, he obviously but doesn't he know. knows something's up. Yeah, because, I mean, Bilbo's very dodgy about it. He's sort of just like, <laughs> yeah, that's crazy, right? And then Bil- and I think Gandalf can sense that, like, something yeah. happened, and he's sort of trying to cover for him all He bit. does. Um, He, like, starts fiddling with his pocket. Pocket, mm-hmm. um, where the ring is and also this is a really like minor detail that I noticed Martin Freeman the way that he like puts his thumb in the pocket it's exactly it's like the exact same way that Ian yes. Holm does it yes. and, like, the way that he fidgets with his yes. pockets is the exact same thing that Ian Holm does and mm-hmm. I was like that's such a great attention to detail that it is. I don't know it's if like, like Peter Jackson instructed way. him to do that or if he mm-hmm. you know did that on his own but like it's such a great like continuity thing it totally like, even is. though you know we do see a shot of young Bilbo in the prologue of Fellowship, and obviously he does not look like Martin Freeman. Mm. We still you, you, have you, you gotta have some graces when it comes that you know suspension of disbelief. Yeah. And with those small details like that, it really helps mm-hmm. you to be like, yeah, this is young Bilbo. Yeah, I totally agree. He he really nails it. Just like Ian Holm as Bilbo, you can tell as a character, he's not even thinking about it. It's something that he's done for sixty years. Is just yeah. sort of fiddle with that ring in his pocket, and when you see that happen as soon as Bilbo has that Gets ring. It. Yeah. It's like a, it's a habit that he starts to form is sort of putting his touching the ring, always being aware mm-hmm. of where it is. Yeah. Also, because like he knows that the reason he came by the ring because it fell out of Gollum's mm-hmm. pocket. Mm-hmm. So he's like, I got to make sure I don't lose it. Yeah. But there's no time to there's no time to figure yeah. out why Bilbo's being so suspicious. So and, weird right now. Yeah. What? <laughs> Um, uh, because uh, the wargs and orcs now have found them. They go fleeing off. There's a, a moment where a warg, I don't know if Bilbo intentionally kills him, but a warg is coming for him and mm-hmm. he sticks out Sting and it runs into his head. Mm-hmm. And that's, it was this watch there that I realized I was like, oh, that's the first time that like he uses Sting and it mm-hmm. is used to like kill a living thing. Mm-hmm. And you definitely see that on Bilbo's face being he like, kills I just killed one someone. Of the spiders, well, that's not until later. Oh, that is the second one, huh? Oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah. yeah. Just that little shock of like, oh, my God, what did I do? I, I killed, just killed something. something. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then um, later on when they start, Gandalf is like, the trees, climb in the trees. Mm-hmm. He can't get his sword out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So like just like a little bit of comedic moment. And also just reminding you, you know, like he's a hobbit. He's tiny. He doesn't yeah. do battles. <laughs> he doesn't have strength. Yeah. He doesn't know how to like get a sword out of something. Yeah. Yeah. And then he looks around and realizes that he's he like, where did everyone go? He's and the I last one. expected. <laughs> to see a hand pop down from above and like grab his collar and <laughs> yank, yank him, him up. up. That would have been really, that, that would have been like really fun. <laughs> yeah. But no, he just like scurries and climbs into a tree. Thorin sees Azog and is like, "What? It's impossible. Like I thought you died. I mm-hmm. just cut your hand off and I thought yeah. you died." <laughs> yeah. I mean, in most circumstances, if you cut someone's arm off, they're probably going to die of blood loss. So it's not like a ridiculous yeah, but it's not like for Thorin he, to think that he was dead. But yeah, it wasn't he, like a clean cut. Kill, yeah, exactly. You know? <laughs> it's not like, oh, I beheaded him. Yeah. 
Azog is talking in Orcish or whatever this language is. Mm -hmm. um, and he's like, he, he's saying stuff like to Thorin and is like, I've come after you. But, and I'm like, he can't understand you. Yeah. <laughs> You're speaking That's a different point. language, bro. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, he instructs everyone. He's like, uh, you know, kill the dwarves, leave this one's mine. And the wargs go and attack um, and start jumping up and trying to get to the dwarves in the trees. Gandalf notices, oh, that's so cool. There's a little butterfly mm, over here convenient. in the leaves. <laughs> wow. Wow. So I would cool. Just, like, even though I like I've read the I've read The Hobbit, and mm. I'm aware that Tolkien wrote The Hobbit first. So mm. like he hadn't yet overdone <laughs> it with the Eagles when yeah. he wrote The Hobbit. Mm. But we it feels played out. It feels so played out at this point mm. that like as soon as I see Gandalf reach towards the butterfly and then like the little eagle music uh -huh. starts yeah. playing a little bit, I just like did an eye roll and was like, oh my god, no, again? The eagles. <laughs> Are you kidding? Yeah. <laughs> That's how we're gonna get out of this. If anything, it's played out in Lord of the Rings, but you see Lord of the Rings I first. So. I know, yeah, and that's the more famous one. Yeah, and it's like Hobbit. It's like this is what the third eagle save. It's, a it's little like much the fourth <laughs> one if you count the fact that they save um, Gandalf from Saruman's tower. It does feel like oh the eagle. Yeah. Well, okay. that's why I didn't fully like have the full knowledge of like this running joke in the fandom of like the eagles are a plot hole because why <laughs> couldn't they just take the eagles to Mordor? Yeah. <laughs> Until I read the Hobbit and was like, oh, I get why people the are eagles so are sort of there. All they the use them all the time. <laughs> yeah. Tolkien has them come in and save the day mm -hmm. frequently. Yeah. So it's not that it's not that shallow of a question or whatever to be like, why won't mm -hmm. the eagles help? It's like, no, that's actually a pretty valid question. And I mean, there are like valid debunks there are actual to it. Reasons. And, and there's also yeah. like the obvious, well, that's not a very fun story, is it? <laughs> that exactly. means the Lord of the Rings doesn't exist. It's just like the eagles just come and take it. Yeah. Um, I saw a theory that was like, okay, so... Sam carries Frodo, who is carrying the ring. I just the ring saw this. Does not, the ring does not affect Sam. So does that mean that they could have like put the ring into a mouse a ma on a mouse and then just yeah. carry the mouse and then it wouldn't affect them? Yeah. But again, not a very fun story. Yeah. Not a, I don't know. I think that's pretty fun. They would still have the, they would still have the struggles of getting to Mount Doom, you know, yeah, but no, no Frodo struggles, no personal struggles. And yeah, do you want to just not, watch like depressing. two, two Sam? hobbits just like oh we gotta like keep this mouse alive for a <laughs> it year turns into like a, their, it's like their baby together yeah. or something it's like their child the mouse is their child and then yeah uh, <laughs> um and then like they get there and they're like we can't the ring is stuck it's stuck on the mouse and then they have to sacrifice the mouse <laughs> i think that's a, i think that's a very compelling story i don't know I'm not sure. And then maybe Frodo can't do it and Sam has to be like, Is he a lure? I mean, Frodo! <laughs> Mouse! No! <laughs> Just shove him over. Yeah. Uh, where were we? Oh yeah, Gandalf. That's right. So he whispers, he whispers to a to a butterfly and the butterfly goes off. Interesting. Um, I wonder if anything <laughs> happens with that later. <laughs> then there's this like domino effect of the trees, which I thought, I thought was really, again, like the movies do a really good job of like when there are these battle sequences of adding in these interesting aspects that's like so we're not just watching the same like mm -hmm. wargs jumping up and trying to eat them and yeah you know it's not just the same sword fighting you know there are all these different elements to make it interesting to watch mm -hmm. and so the trees yeah. all domino effect fall over into each other and i think 
It's before that happens, maybe Gandalf starts lighting pine cones on fire. This is okay. This is what I don't get with Gandalf's magic. So, mm-hmm. not 10 minutes before, he bursts in with this beam of light that goes like whoosh uh-huh. and knocks everything out. And then now he has to like blow on like a tiny little spark on his staff just to get a little flame going on a pine cone. Uh-huh. And I'm like, uh-huh. what? what's happening here, Gandalf? Can you not create like an actual flame? Like, yeah, from. I mean, I feel like I've read, again, this is totally something that someone has the exact answer to, (laughs) but I feel like I've read uh, like a little bit about the magic that the wizards have Yeah, and like, it kind of sounds like there's a finite amount of it. So like if Gandalf's coming in with a big... One that's of his what power I was wondering. Moves, I was like, like, oh, he has to recharge his wizard juice. Yeah, that's like a lot of his power. wizard magic <laughs> in one big burst. So See, I believe that. Yeah. I, and then yeah. so like, and now he's like had that big moment and now he's, you know, he's, he's like, oh, got however much he has left, but it's probably not a lot. these pine cones on fire. Yeah, yeah, he's not gonna use like a big burst of magic to like light a pine cone on fire. So he's gotta conserve it a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> so he's gotta call for the eagle somehow. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. So he, um, yeah, so they start like tossing these pine cones all over and uh, everything catches on fire and the wargs kind of back off and then they all end up on this one tree on the edge of the cliff Mm -hmm. and then as the wargs are backing away they're all like yay we did it and the tree starts falling over and they're like oh no (laughs) and at that point why not just climb off the tree like I understand that like the orcs are still there and everything but like Mm. the wargs have at least backed off so like just climb back because like Thorin does it and Bilbo does it and the rest of and some of the other dwarves do it towards the (laughs) end I guess this is it (laughs) instead they just stand there and dangle because dramatic effect dramatic effect exactly (laughs) and then so as they're there kind of like dangling over the edge of this cliff Thorin decides like this is the last straw and he Gets a, he walks over and is like, I'm going to defeat you, Azog. Dramatically. And lunges for him and literally immediately misses. Like he sw- yeah. It's like the first <laughs> swing and he totally misses. It's kind <laughs> of an epic fail. Like totally when epic. you think of epic fails, he's got like, because there's this dramatic music, there's the fire, there's sparks, and he's doing like this slow motion run and then he just whiffs it. Yeah, <laughs> on his like big take, he just totally whiffs it, and you're like, oh, okay, this is gonna be a cool bat, and then no, he just gets the shire beat out. He of just him. sort of just gets a shire, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> which I kind of love. I love that you think that this is gonna be a big epic moment. Oh, and yeah. It's like, oh, he sort of just gets his ass beat, <laughs> and it's like it definitely like speaks to his pride mm-hmm. because as he's walking away, like his like kin or whatever are like dangling over the edge of this cliff, and it's like, mm-hmm. Thorin, turn back and go help. Gandalf pull Gandalf is strong because he's holding on to his staff and two dwarves are holding on to the staff and Gandalf is like I'm an old man but maybe that's that's part of his wizard magic he's he's charging a little bit up his wizard magic yeah um and it's like Thorin go back and help your people yeah but instead he turns and like defeating Azog in this moment and also there's a very slim chance that he's actually going to defeat him Mm -hmm. and I think he you know he understands that but like defeating Azog in this moment is isn't going going to accomplish anything in terms mm-hmm. of like this greater mission of going back to yeah like Azog uh, is just a guy that's after yeah. you he's not even like 
a power holder. He's exactly. just like yeah. an orc that you have. It's a not going to help you guys take back Erebor. It's no. not going to help you get to the Misty it's Mountains. A, it's a total personal beef he's yes. got going on. And so it speaks so much to like, Gandalf says that at one point in the movie, like pride will be your downfall. Mm-hmm. And it is many and times. It is. It like he, so he does that kind of a lot. He's got a one-track mind on something, and yeah. it's to the detriment of his entire company. Yeah. Then Bilbo stands up, little Bilbo, he and goes, he's like, I'm going to oh. go and help out Thorin, even though he's been really mean to me this whole yeah. time. <laughs> and I have no power here. Yeah. And so there have been moments in this movie, like moments of courage that they add from the book to movie adaptation that they changed where Bilbo is a much more active character and he's a lot mm-hmm. more courageous. But this is the like main moment where he steps up and leaps into battle um, mm-hmm. and saves Thorin right as there because um, he gets it's a knock to the head. It's like a full on. It's like a hammer or something. Yeah, or he gets conked. It hits him like that should have broken his neck. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> he would have been dead. <laughs> yeah. Um and uh they're going in to like for the final blow and then Bilbo leaps and saves him and he kills the heck out of that yeah. work, like stabs mm-hmm. him a million times. And this is a great, you know, cool moment for Bilbo. However, it takes away from what happens later in Mirkwood, which is a moment that I enjoy so much from the book, where that's Bilbo's moment in the book where he's like I'm going to step up and save the day. And it's really like a turning point for his character. Mm-hmm. And he uh, is like taking charge and is a lot more confident and brave. Having this moment detracts from that later on. And so that just like makes me sad. Mm-hmm. Does That part of the movie in Desolation of Smog makes me sad for multiple reasons. But we'll oh. get to that next week, listeners. <laughs> I won't even touch on it. <laughs> Restraint. I'm so it. disappointed. <laughs> then uh, right as I was like, because Bilbo's like, he, he like flings his sword around frantically <laughs> as uh what's the ma- main one azog uh-huh. is, is uh walking towards him and I, right as i was like what are all are the rest of the dwarves just watching this where are they <laughs> <laughs> and then they leap into action mm-hmm. um and join join the fight right as two of the dwarves are about to fall some the eagles, eagles come here. in swoop in (laughs) and save the day again this is a thing that i felt like they did it a little too long of like showing the eagles say it's a very long sequence of like Mm -hmm. showing them taking out the wargs and the Mm -hmm. orcs and then they go into a very prolonged sequence of showing them picking up the dwarves and i'm like you don't have to show us each individual like i believe you that you're getting all 13 dwarves (laughs) i don't need to see them all being scooped up um Oh, I wanted to get back and say when they deliver that blow to Thorin and he's like lying down and they're like, mm-hmm. oh, my God, he's dead because the rest of the dwarves, everyone's like watching kind of helplessly. Yeah. It f- almost feels like they're trying to recreate like a Boromir moment um, mm-hmm. from the end of Fellowship where they're like, you know, this is a character that's going to die. It's a character mm-hmm. we care about. And no one can do anything about it. They're helpless. But I don't care because I know he lit like there's two more movies. I know uh, he lit. I've, I've never gotten a Boromir death from it since Thorin is like the main character. It's like, you know, Thorin's not going to die. So I, I've never gotten the vibe that that was like a. Oh my gosh, he might be dead. We and don't ne- know. Well, yeah, I never, I never doubted that you know he was going to live, and I don't necessarily think they were trying to be like, oh, he is he going to live? Is he going to die? Mm-hmm. But I think there were definitely 
trying to maybe recreate some of the similar feelings mm. uh, that just because like, how do you create a climactic battle scene when there is no climactic battle scene in the source material? Because th- mm-hmm. this scene in the book is they just stay up in the trees all night mm-hmm. and then the eagles come and that's they it. sort of wait it out. <laughs> but yeah, they wait it out. Like, exactly. It could have been a good moment to do, a, you know, an expendable dwarf killing maybe yeah there's Ori, a lot of Nori, Nori. i don't know who any of you guys are yeah, it's like, the only ones that we really have to keep are well no and gimli is already born so it doesn't technically matter yeah gimli's already living yeah. so doesn't technically i guess thorin well we know balin you know? dies in moria so it yeah. couldn't be him dwalin's important maybe like a bofur death in the i don't know in the first no, movie no not bofur <laughs> <laughs> He's my new one. favorite, yeah. <laughs> anyway, yeah. So the eagles swoop in, save the day. They land on a rock in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, a little perch. And they're all like, oh my god, is Thorn alive? And then Gandalf, again, questionable Gandalf magic can bring people back to life. I mean, like, I don't necessarily know. I don't think Thorne sure. is dead. Yeah. But he definitely does life-saving magic Needed of some kind. Needed a boost, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Replenished his health. For okay, sure. we, well, we need to talk about far. how far the eagles drop them. Because I know the eagles don't work for nobody you know like they're their own creatures and they like come save the day sometimes but they're not like working for people so i understand that they can't be like hey can you just deliver us to like the base of erebor but they drop them so goddamn far from the mountain (laughs) not even that i'm also thinking about like wait a minute they drop them on this like little peak yeah, in the they middle have to of get no- down. How do they get there? down from there? I <laughs> yeah, just, it just like, occurred to me. How do they get down? Yeah, they put them in the most inconvenient spot they could possibly have we dropped gotta them have, off. We gotta it's have like, that shot at the end. Drop us off on the other side of Merkwood. Merkwood. Why that would, would be you great. Drop us off here. I vote. That's one part that I'm always like, why did they leave them there? It doesn't make any sense at all. Know, but, and I'm sure someone's gonna be like, it's because they're either eagles and they need a convenient spot to like land people. But it's like they could have done it just right at the literally yeah literally like we not have gone like maybe a couple couple more miles yeah and what's annoying what's annoying is that what they do hear how they swoop in and save them from the orcs and Mm. you know what the next movie starts off with them running from the same orcs and (laughs) so they did nothing yeah Yeah. (laughs) Get us a They're little farther running away. away from the orcs and dwarves. Uh, yeah, because by the time they get down from that peak, here. they're like now They've right already, in tandem. Yeah, and it's like what you just yeah. did was useless, and now we're it, still being chased. It almost hurt us in a way. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, bad landing spot. Yeah. So they save Thor. Gandalf saves Thorin, and Thorin's like, "Where's the halfling?" Mm-hmm. Um, and Bilbo, you definitely again. Martin Freeman is just so good in this role. You see Bilbo perk up and he's like, oh, my God, he's going to compliment me and he's going to thank me. Oh, I, I feel like he 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 perks up in a way that's like, I'm about to get my ass kicked. And then, well, no, and then, yeah. And so then Thorin, Thorin's like, did I not tell you you were the worst burglar there ever was? And, you know, that you are useless. You shouldn't have you come shouldn't here. be here. Yeah. And you can and the way that you see Bilbo's face fall and then all of a sudden he he definitely like. Is like okay, all right. Let it, like, he, like <laughs> prepares himself to just take all of these insults, yeah. and then Thorin's like, 
and I was completely wrong about you. <laughs> and then hugs them. <laughs> and yeah. this, and I get it's because, and it wouldn't be fun to watch it for the whole trilogy, but Thorin does not really apologize or accept Bilbo in the book until he is dying. <laughs> it's yeah. not until he's on his deathbed. I'll be honest, like, <laughs> I love Thorin, but he's like a He's, He's kind a of the worst. major asshole like, oh, no, the I hate whole him. time. <laughs> whenever reading the book, whenever I post memes about how much I hate Thorin, people be uh-huh. like, What are you talking about? He's amazing. And I'm he, like, he all he does almost nothing no. that is redeeming. Do I want to cosplay Thorin Oak and Shield? Of course I do. Is Thorin a good I guess he's not like a human, but is is Thorin a good person? No. <laughs> he's no. kind of the worst at every turn. Yeah. Exactly. He's, <laughs> he's not like, they make him much more of a leader in the movies. Mm-hmm. In the books he doesn't do anything. Yeah. <laughs> in terms of like leading this group of dwarves, like there's not really any moments where like they turn to Thorin and like mm-hmm. listen to his authority or where he'll he'll step in and be like, "Okay, everything's going to chaos. Let me step in and like yeah. make some decisions." He's usually just like, "Bilbo, you're a terrible burglar. Why yeah. are we in this situation?" <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and so for like the sake of the you know the movies, this is you know the the plot line for this movie. One of the underlying plot lines was like Bilbo being accepted by the dwarves, mm-hmm. and that you know happened Having slowly. Some of them accepted him, you know, right off the bat, and mm-hmm. some of them you know took longer. But definitely Thorin was the one holdout, and so that's fine. The like resolution for that, mm-hmm. uh, they turn and look off in the distance and see the misty, the, the lonely very, mountain. Very, the misty very mountain. distance. <laughs> uh, well, bless my beard. They say they say bless my beard so many times. Um, and then Bilbo's like, ah, well, I think the worst is behind us. And like, yeah. I get that. Like, it's it's a little corny. Because of, like, how ironic it is, you know, obviously, like, we know, even if you had no clue what The Hobbit was about, you can still guess because it's, it's like, my guy, look how far you still are. Yeah. <laughs> You're not like, close. Like, you can definitely assume the worst is not behind you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, that would be, like, Sam saying the worst is behind us after, like, Weathertop. Rivendell. <laughs> be like, well, I think we did well, the worst. <laughs> that's what... There's um, a current like meme trend on Twitter that people are doing of like my fall plans and then the Delta variant. Uh-huh, yep, I and someone that. did so, um, someone did um, my fall plans and it's Frodo being like, well, Sam, I think our job is done. Like in Rivendell. <laughs> when uh-huh, in Rivendell yeah. He's like, I just want to go home. And Sam's yeah. like, OK, Mr. Frodo, let's do that and leave this to the elves. And then it's like Delta variant is the Council of Elrond. <laughs> <laughs> That's too accurate. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> when they I just love that moment of them being like, well, our part is done. Yeah. <laughs> and then cut Hello. to Elrond talking to Gandalf being like, I don't know what to do. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe we got this gotta get this thing a long ways from here. <laughs> we gotta figure it out. Yeah. Um they're like, the ravens are returning, and Gandalf is like, Well, it's actually a thrush, mm-hmm. but close the enough. Thrush knocks. And yes, and a th- the thrush is the bird that is mentioned in the the moon runes and something mm-hmm. about, th- yeah, thrush knocking on the door and the last light of Durin's day and all that jazz. Mm-hmm. And so we follow this bird as it flies and then it like pecks 
where the hidden door is. And then we swoop in and we see a room full of CGI treasure. <laughs> it's so bad. Compared to, we, there's this like puff of air uh, as Smaug snorts. And then we get a close up of his eye, which is so detailed. So good. Looks so good. And then it's surrounded by like globs of gold <laughs> that looks so fake. And I'm like, could we not have done something here? You like, know, they they did make like a hundred thousand pieces of real gold, or not real gold, but like gold yeah, treasure gold, pieces yeah. to get that cascading effect of when he opens his eye. But it, it still, still doesn't look good. Yeah. yeah. Um. But anyway, yeah. And then we see Smaug open his eye, and then it cuts to black. Yeah. And I think so. As far as you know, obviously, this is a this is a book that has been much like butter scraped over too much bread, just stretched <laughs> too thin. Yeah. Um. You know, we're all aware of that. However, yeah. I think the way that this first movie goes, it has like that, com- like I mentioned, that complete arc with like mm-hmm. Bilbo being accepted by the dwarves. There is a you know a climactic battle. There is resolution there, and then mm-hmm. just a little bit of a cliffhanger. That feels like a complete movie and story yeah. to me. I think I think it's definitely the most solid. Yes, like as a single movie, like Desolation of Smog. As I mean, to be fair, I enjoy them all, but like Desolation of Smog is not the best yeah. one. And so that's why I have to say that I I cannot say that about Desolation of Smog mm-hmm. and Battle of Five Armies because those do not in any way to me feel like. These are two different movies. Mm-hmm. It feels like this is one move. This is one six-hour movie that they split yeah. into two parts, mm-hmm. rather than Return of the King and, and Two Towers. Even though it's a continuation of the same story, they mm-hmm. each have their own complete narratives and resolutions yeah. and and everything. Yeah, I mean the redeeming part of Desolation of Smog is it's I think because it's very similar to Riddles in the Dark it's the whole part where Bilbo is talking to Smog yeah and like that whole I think that whole sequence is like totally solid I love that whole scene. but again it doesn't that doesn't happen until like the end. hour two yeah yeah, yeah. it's and like it's the like, end of the movie have, can we not have and I get that like we have to get a female character in here somehow mm-hmm. but like it really detracts from like the rest of the story mm-hmm. and then also like the very forced as much as I like Keely's very hot don't get me wrong and I enjoy <laughs> any I enjoy any extra moment we get of him you know uh-huh. on screen uh, especially if he's like writhing in pain or, mm-hmm. or covered in sweat or water oh, or course. blood whatever mm, oh, yeah, love yeah. it love, love, love a bedrag- I love me a bedraggled man uh, oh of course um, <laughs> However, all of that, those plot lines take so much away that, like, mm-hmm. I would have much rather spent, you know, maybe around an hour and a half is where we get to that mm-hmm. scene with Smaug. And, and and then we can end that movie with actually killing Smaug. And so <laughs> just yes, squeezing I, it in. So I, wanted to ask, <laughs> I wanted to ask you because when we did our Hobbit book chapter, it was the desolation of smog chapter or whatever whatever the chapter was called oh, was, it was it like, i don't yeah i don't even remember what i had you on for it, yeah it was the one oh, it was like bard kills it was yeah, bard kills it is it is bard killing him and i and i was telling you 
because you hadn't seen the movies yet and you were like well desolation of Smog must be like that must be like the whole movie and i was like it's oh. killing smog <laughs> yeah, yeah. that's gonna happen well, in the you desolation would think, of smog <laughs> you would, you would think. I, I mean i like the ending just in the sense that i love you know smog sorry i'm talking about a movie that i'm not on i know you're fine but when smog leaves the mountain and it's sort of like the music cuts and, and it's then, just like and his Bilbo, rumbling. And then Bilbo and cuts, goes, what have we what done? Have we done? <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, a and great it, it moment. Totally. It's a great moment, but it's like, but I don't know the if Desolation a... of Smaug, if you're going to name the movie Desolation of Smaug, Maybe Smaug should, should do some, some Desolation of Smaug. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, and, and especially because that scene, that sequence in Battle of the Five Armies is maybe 10 minutes long. And it's before even like the, the title titles, card of yeah, the movie. They it's really like, just squeezed it in there. Yeah, it should have been in the second movie. There's some yeah. stuff that should have been cut from Desolation of Smaug. So that, like, that could have been. For reference, in it, do you but... want to know what happens before the title? comes up in like two in in two towers sam and frodo walk around and get lost yeah they're just that's what happens and then the title (laughs) sequence two towers that's what happens and then they're like we're gonna squeeze in this very major plot point yeah sort of huge because i yeah i remember when we were talking about it you're like he's like the villain i'm like no he sort of just gets (laughs) real quick Well, we will have to talk. I will be screaming more about that in the weeks to come. Rest assured, listeners. Um, Lauren, thank you so much for coming on. This was a wonderful time. Um, Was there, um, is there anything you would like to plug and share with our audience and where can people find you on the internet? Oh, just the same. I'm Lauren Does Cosplay on TikTok and Instagram. I think I'm L Does Cosplay on Twitter because I couldn't fit my whole username in the handle. (laughs) But uh, yeah, Lauren Does Cosplay pretty much everywhere and- I don't have anything like exciting coming up, but that's that's where I'm at. Awesome. That's what I'm talking about as a proud member of WBE. You can learn more about the network by going to WBE.org where you will find all of our shows like Late to the Party. This is an urgent message. If you or a loved one have been suffering from mild hallucinations, encountering what looked like a a horde of zombies, lack of fine motor function, there was no parking, and I pulled up on the lawn and broke a sprinkler head. The inability to sit for long periods of time. Did you just break the chair? Jordan is holding a chair arm up. Roll to sit. Oh, did not do so good. Trouble using your tools. Are you going to take another smashy smash? I sure am. 13 probably doesn't hit. Does not hit. Sorry about the dice, Scott. (laughs) Or existential crises. And I'm playing Sunny Days, a high elf cleric, a half elf cleric, a quarter elf cleric, a mostly human cleric, a mostly human, but with a smidgen of elf cleric. You may be entitled to podcasts. Ask your doctor about Late to the Party, a Dungeons and Dragons 5th edition actual play podcast for the whole family. Available every other Monday on WBNE.org or wherever podcasts are sold. The cover is by Vaishan Brandon, who just did a rebranding of his design work. So you can now follow him on Instagram at Vaishan Designs and reach out to him. If you need any kind of branding or logos or artwork done, he's the guy to go to. His stuff is really awesome. He nails it every time and he has such a range of creative style and he's just super easy to work with. And you tell him what vibe you're going for, or what colors you like or what your inspiration is coming from and he'll get it done. So again, 
follow him on Instagram and reach out to him at Vaishan Designs. You can get merch for That's What I'm Talking About by following the link in the episode description or going to tpublic.com slash user slash TolkienAboutPod. You can follow the podcast on Twitter and Instagram at TolkienAboutPod and you can also join the Facebook group which is linked in the episode description as well. You can follow me on Twitter at MCWhatsApp and Instagram at MCTurnDownForWhat. You can support the podcast by becoming a patron. Go to patreon.com slash TolkienAboutPod to explore the different tiers and perks that are available. I think I've mentioned previously that if you are a member of the 11Zs tier, that means you get access to extra content that may not make it to the final cut of the episodes. So for example, these movie episodes that I'm recording usually end up going kind of long. And instead of just deleting all of the extra stuff that doesn't make it to the hour and a half long episode, I save all of that and I upload it to Patreon for you guys to listen to. So you can join that tier or you can become a sponsor like Christina. Christina Khan, my wonderful restricted section detention buddy. Um, I miss recording with you. We haven't done restricted section in a while because we were on summer hiatus, but I know we're coming off of hiatus and you're a wonderful person and um, I can't wait to record with you again. And um, yeah, thank you for your support. If you like what you're listening to, please rate and review. I'm seeing that there have been a couple more recent reviews left on iTunes. That's wonderful. Thank you so much for doing that. Please keep it up. If you haven't left a rating or a review yet, please go do that so that when people click on my podcast and they're like, but is it good? They can go down to the reviews and see it is good. People really do enjoy it. So please rate and review. Next week, we begin Desolation of Smaug. And I think I might end up as at the time that I'm recording this, I might end up even splitting that episode into two parts because my guest and I recorded for an exceptionally long time. For people who like knowing what section of the movie I'm covering each week in case you want to rewatch the movies yourselves, um, next week or possibly even the week after, for that, if I do split it into two parts, we will discuss the beginning of the movie up through minute 41 and 27 seconds, and it ends with some of the orcs looking at the kingdom, castle, place, whatever it's called, in Mirkwood and trying to figure out a way to get in. Yeah, well, again, thank you for coming on. Do you have any parting words for the audience? I hope that you can all just appreciate the Hobbit movies for what they are, accept their flaws, and go forth and just try to enjoy them. Because they're not that serious, and you should just enjoy them as movies that aren't that serious. <laughs> and that's what I'm talking about. Yee!